Edward watched intently as his father struggled into the blue uniform coat that he had had made when he was elected captain of the Gilderland Militia. It was a fine thing, he thought, to have Captain Tunis von Alstein for one's father. But he did wish that some day, just once even, his father would take the Spanish gun to the muster. It hung over the fireplace, its bell mouth pointing towards the front of the house, its brass-heeled stock towards the shed door. It was longer than a grown man, half again the length of the musket kept on pegs over the stoop door, and more than twice the length of Edward, who was ten years old, with long legs, dark hair like his mother's, and serious eyes. Tunis von Alstein often said that he had seen culverins that did not look so big as this matchlock gun. He used to tease Gertrude, his wife, about it, asking whether she had brought the gun with her to kill Indians. They were a young couple to have a ten-year-old son. They were handsome and high-spirited. He, lusty and thick-set, a true Dutchman. She, showing her palatine breeding, dark, brown-eyed, with black hair braided round her head, her slim body limber and quick about her work. They had been nineteen and sixteen when they married, and she hated it when Tunis put on the militia coat. All summer he had been going off on military service, into the hills and down to Albany, and every time, to Edward's disappointment, he took the musket. This time, before Tunis could reach for it, Edward asked, Aren't you ever going to take the big gun, father? Tunis swung round to his son, looking down into the thin, serious, dark face. Look, Edward, I'll show you. He lifted the long gun down. It was so heavy that a man could hardly hold it. As for Edward, when he tried, he could not keep both ends off the floor together. Then, as though von Ernam were not waiting outside impatiently in the gathering darkness, sitting his own horse and holding Tunis's mare, Tunis bent down to show the boy how the gun worked. See, Edward. He pronounced the name Edward in the Dutch manner. It's a matchlock. It doesn't fire like the musket with a flint. You have got to touch the priming with fire like a cannon. It's a nonsensical, old-fashioned kind of a gun, isn't it? Edward felt disappointment over the lock, but he still thought it was a magnificent gun, and the candlelight caught the tracery on the brass bindings, making them look rich. He let go of it reluctantly when his father straightened up to replace it over the fireplace. Gertrude stooped down to pat her son. Never mind, she said to him. Your great-grandfather Digert brought it all the way over from Holland with him. Edward brightened a little. Yes, he cried. He bought it in bergen op to bring to the wild America. Six-year-old Trudy laughed and said, bergen op and clapped her hands and jumped up and down in delight. Tunis took his hat from his wife and looked at her over the heads of their children. Outside, one of the horses jingled its bits as it shook itself. A northwest rain was falling, a real November storm that had been blowing all day over the Helderbergs, with low clouds driving. At dusk, just before von Ernam came, they had heard geese quartering the clouds invisible and high. Winter was coming close. Where are you going, Tunis? To Palatine Bridge. 
Did von Ernam say whether there were any French? She was stuffing half a loaf and some sausage into his pouch, but she was looking at him. He had taken down the musket. He looked so manly and brave in his blue coat with red facings, his wide-brim hat and heavy boots. Now he seemed absorbed in examining his powder horn, then filling it from the big horn beside the chimney. He said to her, I don't know. Indians, anyway. He said the settlers were running down from the north to the flats. A horseman reached Albany two hours past noon. He looked up then as he passed the thong of the powder horn over his head.